So a lot of things happen in the radio business. You and I both know this is true. If you're in the radio business, you understand. There's a variety of careers, different kinds of jobs, and believe it or not, a lot of different experiences that are different from company to company and say region to region in the United States. A, a lot of things seem similar, but there are also some people who really excel in areas that are difficult for everyone to perform in. I'm not kidding. And I think that is the case for today's guest on our podcast. She has major market experience and a variety of talk background that means she's well-armed to pivot and to understand behavior as it's unfolding live. So we're going to maybe we'll test that today. I'm not sure. We'll see. Our guest today owns her own company. She is guest host with both Fox News Talk and Sirius Patriot Channel. And listen, she has an interesting story. And it'll be interesting to hear her perspective on this podcast about radio now and about where she's headed. Welcome to the Radio Rally. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's event will be a podcast episode on our podcast, The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. It will become available within about an hour or so, the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our special thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm a branding advisor and consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Our clients know that we approach things totally different from what most consultants of the past have done. We actually review the value of your brand. We ask where your money comes from. Yeah, we do. And where you want more of your money to come from in the future. We help clients with everything from weekly music recommendations, station strategy, revamps. We can provide your daily music logs and amazing voice trackers if you need them. But our main purpose is to unplug your revenue dam and help you grow actual asset value. We do this with purposeful branding. Uh, we also help clients brand build. This is important when it comes to building actual value. Has something been getting in the way of your ratings or your revenue or both? We'd love to serve you and your team. Reach out for a free and confidential consultation anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. By the way, we do have great guests and insights every single week that can help you grow, learn, and meet challenges of your career in the 21st century. Please do share our podcast, The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast. Make sure your friends in radio know that they can get our entire archive of episodes, as well as the fresh new episodes every Monday by subscribing on Apple, Audible, or Spotify. Today, we're about to visit with Mary Walter in New York City. She is all over YouTube. Now, listen, maybe you checked out her podcast or, or, or there's actually, uh, maybe you, you've seen her in a lot of places where you can catch her. She works as a guest host on the Serious Patriot channel and Fox News Talk. So you've got a lot of options when it comes to seeing Mary or hearing Mary, but right now she's with us. We're going to talk to her in just a few minutes and we're going to ask her some really interesting questions. We do schedule our guest in advance. You can see our upcoming guest calendar uh, all the way through December at this moment. Uh, get the details on our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com. We also have encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series and more encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone in the radio business today. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some consultants do. That's because we are here to share how you can be encouraged and get ahead if you're in local radio right 
now. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime and see what you can get for free from our team. The purpose of this podcast? Well, it's encouragement, encouraging radio pros at all levels, not just clients. Quickly, I'm going to share two things with you, two critical sales-focused podcast episodes that are coming up this month. And uh, they're both designed to boost your local radio revenue. You can share these with your friends in the sales department or within your company or friends that that work in this business this coming Wednesday, two days from now, our NASCAR stations and sports events. Pay attention. The NASCAR race to radio revenues in 2023 with Bob Quick, who's with Motor Racing Network, Alec Drake, who's with Drake Media Group in Dallas, and Ed Knight, who's with WECO Radio. They're all going to join us our focus is boosting your revenue so you generate more from NASCAR in 2023. Then coming up on September the 29th, you can join us along with Alec Drake again from Dallas and Drake Media Group, Jim Ferris, who's with Odyssey in Greensboro, North Carolina, and Carlene Swinson, who is with Cumulus Media in Dallas. We're going to take on something called Selling on Main Street. If you don't know that this is our quarterly sales podcast event, focused on helping you boost your revenue for the quarter, I'm letting you know now that's what it is. So we're going to give you actual ways that you can increase your revenue. Both of these upcoming events will be available on demand through the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, and Spotify as soon as they drop. So get ready for that. If you're a subscriber, it's going to just come to you naturally. Mary. I got to tell you, I'm so excited about this. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you? I'm doing just great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm flattered. Thank you for the honor. Oh, we're so excited. And anytime you have somebody on from New York City, it's got all this stuff going on. It's always good, right? To have well, that kind of person on to your be podcast. Honest, to be honest, I'm in New Jersey, not New York City. You know what? It's all the same to us down south. Uh, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's start here because you do have some interesting things, not only that are going on now, but historically, the things that you've done are very interesting. Uh, uh, Villanova University says uh, that they are an academic community where students learn to think critically, act compassionately, and succeed while serving others. You study there. Can you tell us about being on that campus, about uh, what you studied there? And of course, did you know you were headed to do what you're doing today? What was the goal back then? That's such an interesting question. So Villanova is a very small university. It's got a huge national presence now. When I went there, my classmates were like, wait, where are you going? I've never heard of it. So um, mm. went a couple basketball championships and suddenly everyone knows about your school. Um, so it's only like 35, uh, excuse me, it's only about 6,000 undergrad. And right? so it is, yeah. And I think when you include the law school and the graduate schools, I think it goes up to about 11,000. So it's small and it is very, very um, centered on on service, you know, uh, because it is a Catholic university. It's run by the Augustinians. It's the only Augustinian university in the country. Everything else, I believe, is mostly Jesuit. And um, it was about being community and it was about service. So if you belong to any kind of organization, every member of that organization, like a social club, fraternity, sororities, whatever, uh, you had to put in X number of service hours with different communities, uh, different services uh, across the, the Philadelphia region, on campus, locally, whatever, to get your service hours. So, so that was a big deal. And when you I was bet. there... I was going to be a psych major until I found out that you had to dissect rats and then or mice. And so that was the end of that. So I didn't do wait, that. Wait, wait, that one thing, that's what, oh, yeah. yeah, no more for you. Well, that combined with hand to God true, you know, it's an old school and there was a building where the psych labs were on the fourth floor next to the monastery. Yes. And it was a really, really creepy, creepy building. And I had never been to the fourth floor. Nobody ever went to the fourth floor because that's where the labs were. And it was old. Mm. It was built in, in like the 1800s. I was like, I just don't want to go up there. It's really creepy. So I, I didn't become a psych major. I guess I, I guess it wasn't really heart. You know, I didn't have my heart set on being a psych major, clearly. <laughs> Well, anyway, long, long story short, I wound up in communications. And at the time, it was a fairly new major. 
especially right. at Villanova is a fairly new major being in communications. So the program was somewhat directionless, I will say. Okay. I really, I thought that I was going to end up working in corporate America, doing leadership training, do, doing that type of thing. I did a lot of that at school. We were the kids who did, you know, uh, training for different organizations on campus about interview skills and, and those types of things. So that's kind of where I thought I was going to wind up was in a human resources department or in a training department at some big corporation. Clearly, that's not where I wound up. Well, and look, it's interesting because you end up going to college and by you, in this case, I mean the generic you, most people, you don't end up practicing what you start out to do. Very but it, it does give you an interesting background and understanding and I mean, all that service had to have an that made an impression on you. When did radio enter into your life? <laughs> All right, you ready? Yes. Uh, this is a really funny story. And I hate telling this story to people who have wanted to be in radio their whole lives. I feel super guilty telling this story. So um, I was working, I was a consultant. I was doing computer consulting and um, doing things like writing user manuals for um, AT&T up in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, which is near where my parents lived. And I had just gotten married and I was unemployed. I was doing consulting work. So I was on the beach. I one contract had ended. I was waiting for another contract to start. So my husband was doing his residency in Philadelphia. So it was about an hour, hour and a half away from me from where I was working at, at, by my parents. So on Fridays, I would drive down to see my husband We'd spend the weekend together because he had no free time. And then I would drive back up so I could work on Mondays. And uh, I, I was listening to a radio station near me called New Jersey 101.5. And it was the only station I could get all the way from my parents' house all the way into Philadelphia because it's a huge FM, 50,000 watts, huge. And they had a show at night uh, called The Passion Phones. They had just turned to talk. This is the early 90s. They had just turned to talk. Uh, they had been a music station. They had a host on the show who did a show called The Passion Phones. And it was like a relationship show. And they were having, she had left and she went to Philadelphia for a gig there. And they were having on-air auditions. And these women were on the radio and they were talking, you know, answering listener questions. Or they were doing some sort of process. And to, to interview for the job, to audition for the job. And I was listening to them and I'm like, man, these women are terrible. This, this, this is awful. <laughs> and, and so I'm listening to it on the way down and I get down there and I was telling my husband about it. We go out to dinner that night. It was a Friday during Lent because we had to get pizza. So we're waiting in line for pizza. And I kept going on and on. And he goes, I can't take it anymore. Just call the dopey radio station. If you think you can do it better than them, call. And this, we didn't even have a cell phone. So he gives me, he gives me a quarter to go make a phone call at a pay phone back by the bathrooms in, in King of Prussia Mall. And I go back there and I call up and you had to have a topic that you would talk about and ask them about that topic. And they were going to answer. So I did, you give them your, your name and everything before you go on the air, you want to audition for the job. Sure. And that was it. Monday, my, I'm in Philly. My mother calls me and she goes, you're crazy friends are playing some kind of joke on you. They said they were from a radio station. And some kind of job <laughs> that you auditioned for. I'm like, oh, okay, so that was real. And long story short, they said, you want to come in and audition? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got nothing else to do. What the heck? So, okay, I went in, I auditioned, I did two hours of the show. You know, just I had I had a bunch of you know questions and people called in to talk about it, it was about relationships. And then they called me the next day and said, oh, it was really, how'd you feel about it? I said, great, they go, you want to do two more hours again? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? So I'm going to go do two more hours. And then I got a phone call at the end of my two hours and said, do you want to do the whole show? And I was like, huh, all right. So I did the whole show and they offered me the job. Wow, nice. <laughs> and listen, <laughs> I want to talk about this for just a minute because I do think that, look, radio needs to be a little innovative and to take some chances and do some things that is that are not really being done. You're piquing my interest, something called the passion phones, okay? And I say this because I have some experience uh, coaching a show that might be similar to this. I want you to tell us about that show a little bit. Maybe you could give us an example of what might appear on that show. And then whose idea was that show? 
Uh, well, Walter Sabo, a radio consultant, he was the one, yep. he was the, the brains behind New Jersey 101.5 period. And it's, it's water cooler topics. It, it does also deal with New Jersey politics. And the reason it is so successful and is so smart is because if you live in New Jersey, you're either it's the north part of the state, all your media comes from, from New York. Southern part of the state, all your media comes from Philadelphia. If you grew up where I grew up in the center of the state, it was mostly New York, but all you had to do was click the antenna on TV and you got Philly station. So we didn't have our own outlet for news in this state. And it was before News 12 came along. And so Walter Sabo came up with a great idea to have this radio station. And the tagline is not New York, not Philadelphia, New Jersey 101.5. And this show was the evening show. So they did talk. And then at night, at midnight, 11 o'clock or midnight, it would go to music until six o'clock in the morning when the morning show would come on and they would do talk again. And they also did news top and bottom of the hour. And the morning show is much more news driven than the other shows. So first of all, the name, the passion phones they came up with, I to be perfectly honest with you, I hated the name of the show. I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> I, it was dumb. I'm like, just because the both words start with a P doesn't mean that they sound the same. I, I don't know where they came up with the name, but I hated it. Give us an example of what might appear on that show. Um, so when I did it, um, I would I would try to find relationship stuff in the news. For instance, a story just a study just came out about the top 30 things that couples fight about. So I would put that out there and ask people to call in to talk about what's the biggest thing you and your partner fight about. Sure. And, and, and we would just throw it out there. We'd have a discussion on the air with people calling in to talk about that. So I, when I ran the show, I would find, I try to tie it into news stuff. And if I found some, what we call, you know, whatever green topics are, they're not, they don't necessarily have an expiration date. I would save those and have those in, I had a, a box of, you know, topics, Very good. And things like that. So that's, that's what it was about. That's called doing your show prep, ladies and gentlemen. It's a lot of show prep. Now, <laughs> just so that we're covering this ground, uh, I always like to review. So boys and girls, we have talked about how uh, creating a local radio station that serves a local community that's not being served is a really great idea. I'm sorry, Amen. Did, I, did, I, did I say that out loud? Preach, preach, <laughs> Lloyd. Number two, I want to know, what is it you liked about doing a show like that one? Was it interacting with people? Was it coming up with the the the, the original uh, pieces that you start topics off of? or Or was it just being a part of it? You know what? I, I, there's several things I loved about this show. This is a, I love this question. So a couple of things I like. First of all, most people were driving home from work because I always start. I think I started every night. I started at like seven, I think, because the afternoon show, the morning, the afternoon drive went to seven for some reason instead of six. So I started at seven. I got a lot of people coming home from work. It's a 24 hour community uh, community now. Right. We're all at 24 hours. People are going into work at 10 o'clock at night, whatever. So oh, yeah. I got a lot of truck drivers. It was on in because the station's so huge. And at the time it was new, it was on at every UPS loading dock. It was on at every grocery store. So people are stocking the shelves. They're, they're loading their trucks for UPS. Mm -hmm. uh, all the, I would get calls from everywhere, which was wonderful. And that's what I did love about it. I loved that in my brain, it was an underserved audience that right. they just got re, you know, programs from another hour that were just being replayed or else they, you know, it was music. So, and it was very interactive and I, I do love that. I love ca taking callers on radio. I do find, and no offense guys, I find most men just like to talk and love to tell the audience like everything. They don't really like to hear from the audience. Whereas mm. I love to hear from the audience. Even if I'm doing a new show now, it's more politically driven. I yeah. love to throw the number out because I may be looking at a topic one way, but somebody can call in with something in a totally different way of looking at it. And it starts a whole new conversation. Like it's so interesting. And do you so, feel like you're a reactor? Well, I, it depends, you know, like I'll, I'll throw it out there. I give my opinion. I ask for their opinion, but I like to have that conversation. All right. So let's talk about human behavior for a minute, because that's yeah. always fascinating with all of us, because we're always such perfect humans. Oh, wait, that's the <laughs> wrong show. Um, so, so like, do you feel like you've gained a lot of experience about human behavior, hearing different things on that show on the radio? I 
It was amazing. It's so, it was so much fun. So one of the things that was an interesting part of my job is there was nothing else like it on radio. So this was it. I mean, this was the show. So people, the number of people to this day who will come up to me and I've been off that show since 06. Mm -hmm. So people will come up to me to this day and go, oh my gosh, I love that show. I listen to that show every night. I have program directors in New York tell me when they got home, they would sit in their car in the driveway waiting for the commercials so that they could run in and turn it on. And ladies and gentlemen, what she's talking about is passion. This is another (laughs) big thing that I think, you know, this is one of the drivers along with creativity for radio that makes it limitless. So do you think this kind of show could kill it today. And mm-hmm. here's what I mean by that. Cause, cause I've had some talk about different shows like this and, and the naysayers go, well, you know, now we got social media and social media is so prevalent, you know, it wouldn't be the same. Mary, would it be the same? It, I, I still believe that a show like this could kill it. Absolutely. 100%. It's gotta be done. Right. I, I do think that that's a, a part of it. You have to have someone who does it Right. I had a guy call up one night and he, and we were talking about something and and he wanted to get on the air. And so my screen was like, I think this guy could be a good call. And we were talking about something totally different. So I put him on and it went in a totally different direction. This guy's like, okay, I want to know if I'm crazy. I followed my wife because she, she told me she's going out with her friends, but I think she's cheating on me. And I'm sitting outside the bar where I saw her go in. And I want to know if you think I should go in and confront her. And the phones lit up. It was hilarious, right? It was great. So, you know, you have to be have the right person run it. The person who's willing to to throw that the rest of that stuff out the window if you get a call like that. And you have to have a personality where people will feel comfortable calling in to talk to you. The number of people who thought I was their best friend. And by the way, the number of prisoners who wanted to date me was astounding. Uh, I got a lot of mail from jail. Well, and I, you know, that's a, that's a different show too. <laughs> so, so listen, did you think, you know, look, did you think back then that your career would take the kind of natural turns to end up where you are today? No, I had no idea. It's, you know, radio is interesting in that way. You think you have a career path laid out. You think, oh, I'm going to be at this station. It's going to go forever. And the next thing you know, you're getting a phone call from your agent or your soon to be former boss going, by the way. And they say every time we're going in a different direction. That's what they tell you every time we're going in a different direction. I'm like, yeah, the different direction is you're cutting salary. That's where this different direction is going. (laughs) I've heard that at different times in our business that happens to people. (laughs) So it goes with innovation and creativity, right? Well, yeah. And I have to tell you, I'm a super planner. So that's where that part of radio kind of is not my jam in that sense, because I I'm a planner. And you can have you can have the app, up, Apple cart upset. However, I will tell you every single time that I've been let go. So the first time I, I was let go, they wound up having to pay me for my great ratings after I left. They had to send me my bonus check at home, which was nice. awesome. You bet. Yes. Uh, the second time I wound up going... I, I wound up, well, I left the second time and they, they, they hired me, same people hired me back at a different station. Uh, the second time I got let go from the same station as the first time, they had to once again, send me my bonus ratings. That's <laughs> but, always what you want to hear. Right. So, but, but the, the point is, is that every time there was an unforeseen turn in the road, not where I planned it, but someone else planned the next step for me. I was on the beach for a while. I was unemployed for a while, but I ultimately wound up in a better gig. Mm, nice. That's nice to hear too, because oftentimes when you go through, we'll call it a wobble, if you will, you think, oh, my life is over or this is going to be terrible. And the truth is, you don't know. Right. Right. It's very true. So, so listen, you did a similar show called Life with Mary Walter. And, and look, you did this later. I want to know. How did that opportunity come about? So I was um, I was I was working part time at Fox News Radio. I was do, I was filling in for like at the time Spencer Hughes was on the station, John Gibson, uh, Brian Kilmeade in the morning was with uh, Judge Napolitano. So I sat in with 
for Judge Napolitano with Brian Kilmeade. So I was doing fill-in work there. And I was on, I had signed with Sirius and I was doing fill-in for Sirius. So those were pretty much my two radio. That's where I was getting paid. And I was doing a lot of, I was doing a lot of TV for Fox um, at the time. So I I got a call. I got, but somebody reached out to me. I don't even remember how they reached out to me, phone or email. I think it was email. And it was a group of people from Villanova graduates who bought a radio station down in Atlantic City. And they remembered the show. Everybody remembered the show. Mm. And they said, we want you to recreate that show here. And I said, all right. But I had conditions on it. And um, Sean Hannity was wonderful. Um, he, he gave me such wonderful advice on it, how to handle it, you know, own the show, you know, what to own, what to do, because I wanted to syndicate it. I had someone who wanted to syndicate the show. So um, I got a letter and they were open to all of it. They're like, great. We just want to, we just want to be the home station. I'm like, fantastic. Let's do this. So um, Sean told me to have my name in it. He said, make sure your name is in the show so that no one else can take it. And I was like, all right. 100%. Yeah. So that's how that came about. All right. So listen, I noticed this curious thing right here. I have to drop this now. I noticed that in 2016, you worked for iHeart in Louisville. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us what you did for iHeart? Well, at the time when I was working mostly on radio for Sirius and Fox, I, if you're on TV on Fox TV, Fox, you know, on Fox News Channel, it opens up a lot of doors for you. And so my fill-in expanded and I was filling on stations in Chicago and Washington, D.C. and uh, out in Arizona, in in Phoenix and Tucson and Texas and all over the country. So I had a ton of fill-in all over the place, doing it all from home. One of the stations I filled in on uh, was WHAS in Louisville. And I filled in on two or three different shows there. So I was on the channel all the time. They, one of the people I filled in for was leaving and they said to me like, Hey, you want to throw your hat in the ring? And I was like, do I get to do it from home? They said, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, why not? So I did. And they hired me and I uh, wound up only working there for a year. And then I left to go to Washington, DC. So nice. And that leads me right into this in 2017, you went to work for 105.9 WMAL in Washington. Look, this looks like, uh, was that a major switch up for you? Oh my gosh. It was in, it was insane. Um, in so, so many ways. So I had to relocate everybody, you know, you work in radio, you understand that we need you to be here because we're local. This is, this is the other thing that cracks me up about radio. We're local. And I think I can count on two hands in four years, the number of live events I went to for the radio station. (laughs) You have to be here because they're local. Um, so I, it was a huge, huge shift, um, major market, top 10 market. Um, I finally hit that point where you were making great money, like right. crazy money, which is the reason I did it. You know, um, it was the golden handcuffs. I, they paid me really, really well. So I, I couldn't complain about that, but I had an apartment near the radio station that had less furniture in it than my, a college apartment. And <laughs> My husband and I lived apart for three years and it was the pandemic that they, I finally got to go home and do that show from home. We all did and live with my husband, which was wonderful, but it was format wise. It was the morning show and it was four hours and we started at 5.00 AM instead of six. And so that was, that was a little crazy. And well, no, wait, you didn't just do this show. Y'all crushed it. Didn't you? We did. We did. I, I'm going to toot my horn during the pandemic. The morning show beat out Rush in the ratings on our station. Wow. We the station as a whole got its best rating since in, since like 1985, something like that. It was like 35 years of the best ratings ever during the pandemic. So we did a one we we did do a good job. I'm I'm very proud of that. Uh, but it was it was a switch up in the sense that this was this was straight news. This was not really talk. This was interviews telling the news and then traffic and weather it was it was a very fast clock but being in washington dc 
Um, gosh, I, I met so many insanely, uh, just incredible people and people that I'm like, I couldn't believe I'd be calling my husband like, so guess who I met today? You know, like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, no so kidding, that was right? Great. That was really good, yeah. Well, that town is like no other town, really. Uh, people talk about New York City all the time, but this is the capital of the capital, <laughs> right? It so. is, but I'll tell you, I hated living there. <gasps> yeah, I understand. Well, sometimes things that you wish for your entire life, they come true and they're not what you wish, right? Yeah, that's very, it's, I didn't like the, the whole, t it's like living in a mining town, I guess, where everyone works for the mine. Yep. You just may work for two different mining companies. Everybody works for the government. And if you don't like every conversation you have, every person you meet, every encounter to have something to do with politics, you're miserable there. Right. All right. So now, speaking of politics and that kind of thing, I want to know if you have had a mentor or mentors in this business, radio or news or talk. And if so, can you share a story about uh, mm. at least one of those mentors who may have changed your life, either personally or professionally? So I, I told you about Sean, Sean Hannity, who yes. was, he was so wonderful. He read contracts for me. He was just amazing. Um, so I was very blessed to have him. Um, gosh, so when I first started out, when I first started in New Jersey, 101.5, I knew nothing about radio. And John Cobalt, who is out in California, John and Ken, uh, I think they're on KFYI or KYI, KFYI. Mm. Um, but anyway, but they're out in California and they were the show, the afternoon show, and I followed them and they're still together and they're out in LA and they're killing it and they're doing great. Uh, he really showed me the ropes because I'm like, why is this happening? What is this happening? And he held my hand and walked me through it. I would have left radio if it were not for John Cobalt. So I have to give him props. Um, nice. I was very blessed to meet some really good people along the way. Heather Cohen, who has become my agent was wonderful. I met her early on. She's amazing. Uh, Mike Elder at Fox News Radio, when he brought me in to interview me, because when I got let go from New Jersey 101.5 the second time, <laughs> right. uh, it was actually in the New York Daily News. They used to have a radio column and it was in the Daily News. And I interviewed with Howard Stern's people and with Fox News Radio. And hmm. Mike Elder is is one of those people if you work in radio he's a radio guy he's been behind the mic and here he is being allowed to actually run something as opposed to a sales guy who's running the show it right. was mike you know and he has given me such wonderful advice i i adore mike elder he has since left the industry and i'm sure i'm leaving people out but I think if you work in radio, you got to keep your eyes open. You've got to, you've got to trust your gut because there are some people in this industry, just like in every industry who are just not good people. And I think if you, if you're a good person, you'll get good back. There are some people in this industry who have screwed me over financially who have, you know, and otherwise, oh. but that's going to happen in, in any industry, right? Well, everybody has bed. to be so responsible for their own career, you know, because yes. companies and other people, they're not often going to, it's rare that somebody's going to be looking out for you. Exactly. And you got it. I'm a huge fan of trusting your gut. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. The syndication deal, I, you know, as Sean read the, the, um, the contract over Mike Elder read the contract over for me. Kelly Carls ran the read the contract. Bill Hess ran the read the contract over for me, and all four of them said this doesn't sound like a good deal. Right. You know, Sean said, "Merritt, you could have a bad deal or no deal. It's your choice." And my husband said to me, "He's like, you know, I know you really, really want this, but everyone's told you that it's not a good deal. You can keep looking for opinions until you find someone who tells you what you want to hear. But the people whose opinion you trust." has told have they've told you what they think you it sounds like you to. have a really <laughs> smart husband there <laughs> i do he's amazing and i've been married so long i have to keep him now oh right you can't trade him in at this point right the return so, policy yeah, expired <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's so ugly to try to return one at this point <laughs> so, so listen how do you think radio has changed in relationship to news and news presentation or do you think it has changed well, you know, I started out not really in news. That's I, right. You know, I didn't start out in news. And 
when I left the first time, I did go to WCTC in New Brunswick, and I was the first woman to host a morning drive show in the state of New Jersey. Mm. And that was local news. And but for me, it was it wasn't the relationship, but I approached it the same way, conversation and telling the story. And I wasn't, I've never really been a news reporter in that sense. The newsiest job I've had was really WMAL doing mornings. When I'm on Fox, uh, it, when I'm on Sirius, I also do Newsmax radio. I fill in for Rob Carson, Newsmax radio, uh, now has radio. Right. Uh, it, it's, we talk politics and we talk news, but I don't view myself as reporting news. I view myself more as talking about the news. All right. And so maybe this is a a layup for you. You prefer news or talk? You really like the talk, right? I've never been a news reporter. I actually, (laughs) I applied for a job at Fox News on the radio division doing news reporting for them. You know, the top and bottom, they produce the news packets and they send it out to radio stations. And I failed. (laughs) Oh, you failed. Oh, well. Well, you can't be excellent at everything, right? (laughs) So I was like, all right, I guess guess I'm a talk person. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's talk about talk. You know, many people I feel don't understand how much prep goes into doing more long form talk. Uh, Do you prep it or live it all the time or do you do both? Thank you for acknowledging that the average person has no clue how much time you go in. I got to the point where people are like, I don't understand what you're saying. You work for three hours a day or four hours a day. I'm like, seriously, right now, get out of my, step back because I'm going to punch you. It's, it's much more, you live it. You know, when I'm, when I'm on full time, when I was on WMAL, because I wasn't at home, I had to live it. It was 24 seven. It was my job. My phone, especially being in Washington, D.C., my phone started as soon as my feet hit the floor at three o'clock in the morning. I'd have all these text messages and I didn't go to bed till 10 o'clock at night. I lived my life exhausted. Wow. I put in an hour of prep for every hour that I'm on the air. Oh, I can see that that, that looks to me like that's how it works. Or mm-hmm. should I say that's the way it works best? I always tell clients uh, most battles are won before the first shot is fired. So please make sure you've got loaded guns because you're going to the battle. You exactly. Know? And that's really true. And I'll give an example that is not from the radio industry and is a politician, but this is not about being a Republican or a Democrat. So I want to take that completely out because some people always want to make something of, well, if you mention this person or that person, this is not about that. This is about what he said. I'm a voracious reader. I read the Ted Kennedy autobiography. And one of the most interesting things in that book, he talks about how he handled hecklers. And he said, oh, they're my favorite. And then he goes on to explain that what he does when he has a heckler is he'll invite them up to talk and give them the (laughs) microphone, which seems like the craziest thing in the world, right? Only he says this, they come up. And they say the thing that they're mad as heck about. And then he goes, well, go on. Uh, They're out of content. Exactly. And that's the thing about being in a long form talk situation. You really have to have a lot of content. You know, it's so true. It's such a great example. And you'll see um, a lot of times TV people want to do radio. Oh my, because, yes. Right? They want to do radio. I want to do radio because they think it's so easy. They're just going to get on and talk. Yeah. And they don't understand that your first break, you've got to talk for about, what, 13 minutes, depending on the clock. Just yeah. you. Yeah. Go ahead. And they're, they're so used to a script. They talk about a topic for three minutes, right? When, when, when they're on TV. TV is it's so easy to go from radio to television versus television to radio radio and they're different you, skills absolutely right. you know I, I as i said i'm a, I'm a commentator for newsmax tv now and uh, it, you know they just send me the list of things so this is what we're going to talk about i'm like okay and i know it's not just me i know there'll be at least one other person i'm gonna get maybe three minutes on that topic 
Right. How much in-depth research do I really have to do mm. as opposed to having to talk for four hours and well, have enough content to talk for four hours? Yeah, look, even 13 minutes, you know, you can uh -huh. go to stand-up and talk about stand-up. People think, oh, well, stand-up looks really easy. You just got to write some funny stuff. Okay, we'll do 20 minutes of stand-up. That's like asking you to do five hours of hard labor. I mean, to fill that amount of time, you talked yeah. about a 13 minute window. 13 minutes is a long time. It is. It really, and it's, it's funny because I've had that conversation with some kids, you know, young college students who are like, oh, I wanted you to talk radio. I'm like, okay, well, do you have any experience? That is all right. Well, here's what you got to do. If you think you want to do it, go home, pick a topic, something you're passionate about. And I want you to set a timer and I want you to talk about it for 13 minutes. Oh, that's right. That's right. So listen, you've been a guest host for Fox News Talk since 2006. And I'm mm -hmm. going to say this to you. And before the, before we began the show, you kind of chuckled at me a little bit about this, but you hustle. It isn't like you let grass grow under your feet. You work hard. Where does that come from? Is it just the way the business is today? Or uh, are you really good at building relationships and you work hard to, and and people just know you that way or is it all those things you know i don't know what it is uh <laughs> you know like again i i i, I fell into radio. I literally fell into radio. I wasn't looking for it. And by being at Fox, you know, I wound up at Fox in 06, as I said, just because me leaving 101.5 made the news. It was in the news. And Howard right. Stern contacted me and Fox News contacted me. And I was like, oh, okay, this is great. And I had no idea what I was going to do or where I was going to go. I'm like, I'm going to go out and get me a good corporate job with a pension. And yeah, right. right? <laughs> And, and so, you know, I was like, well, you know, Fox seems like it has more doors to open, I think, than Howard Stern, no offense to Howard. And, mm -hmm. and, and so I said, all right. And they're like, well, it's part-time. You're going to do fill-in, but we're going to expand to weekend programming. I'm like, okay, great. They still, it's 2022 and they have not expanded to weekend programming. Um, well, but it's, a, it's a slow expansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're being very careful about the markets. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, I, I've come to, you know, Fox News, I, I'm, I'm smart enough to understand that Fox News Radio is only going to take the people from TV and put them on radio. That's their business model. That's what they're going to do. Right. So I'm never going to be full time because they think that people will go to radio, go to the radio for the person's name fine. That's their playground. They can do what they want. It sure. did open a lot of doors for me. TV opened a ton of doors for me. And I was very blessed with that. And I've just learned that if you work in this industry, especially if you don't have a full-time gig, you can't afford to say no to anything or anyone. You yeah, can't. you've got to go, go, right? Because you're yeah. managing your own career. Speaking of that, you have your own business. Uh, FDH Talk, how did this develop for you? So FDH talk came about uh, because of taxes, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, <laughs> Um, when I, when I, for me to make it work, to go to Washington, DC, to buy a car that I was going to drive back and forth and pay the tolls and rent yep. an apartment and all of that, um, we had to work out an agreement that it would go, I would form a corporation and the corporation leased me to the radio station and the corporation paid for the car and the tolls and my apartment because I, I my, the apartment solely was for me to be able to work that that's, that's all it was for. So, so that's how I came up about. And so now um, I, all my contracts are FDH talk and my do voiceovers it's through FDH talk. So it was just easier to have everything go through one entity than because there's so many different sources of income, so many different streams to just have it go through there. And if you're following at home, uh, along at home, kids, this is called a form of negotiation, which you need today in dealing with broadcast companies and other entities. Uh, you need to think about how you're going to manage these things. So I'm glad that you brought that up for us. You know, the world of news and consumption seems to have really, um, I don't know, it's kind of gotten to where people select their news by what agrees with them. Have you found this to be true? Oh, a hundred percent. And it's, it's the, I find this fascinating and it goes for so many things. It's not just news. You know, I, when I was growing up, if I, if we were in the car with my grandparents, we had to listen to what my grandparents were listening to on the radio. That's right. So 
I know music as a little kid. I was singing Red Roses for a Blue Lady with my grandfather. And it was a song from like the 50s or whatever. And I was like six years old and I, I knew that song. Yep. You know, so and then it, we got older and we were traveling in the car with my parents. There was no TV in the car. It, right. you, you sat there and you had to listen to what your parents consumed. Right. We now, generations come up now, they only consume what they want to consume, what makes them happy. So it, there is no consuming something that is foreign to you, music that maybe you've never heard before or that someone else likes. I, I think there's less variety in their lives. And that, of course, bleeds over into news, right? People don't like to be challenged. People like to be told that they're smart. I'm really smart. You know why? That guy on the TV, who's clearly very important because he's on TV, he agrees with me. I have never heard anybody start to describe this subject in the way that you just did. And it's pretty brilliant. Oh, good. thank you. I think we should end right here on that note. No, no, <laughs> we're not ready to do that yet. Listen, how long do you think consumers will uh, will take their news this way? Or do you see it as permanent? In other words, will they always just want to live in their silo? So I, I think, you know, you hit millennials on down, they, they consume their news and their information through social media. They're not, right. they don't know what a newspaper is. They can't no. read an analog clock. They can only read, they can't read a clock that has hands on it. They can't read cursive. There's a lot, the world's gonna be very different when they're in charge and I'll probably be dead by then. And that's good. They do so, know what a newspaper is. It's called old people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so they, they consume, you know, they, they think that the daily, that what is the, the daily show is actual news and that's a very right. dangerous thing. But I do think, and I just had this conversation today on the air, I was filling in for Todd Starnes today. And we interviewed a young lady who's running uh, Caroline Levitt, who's running up in New Hampshire. She'll be, if she wins the Republican primary, and if she beats the incumbent, the Democrat incumbent up in um, New Hampshire, she'll be 25 when she takes office, when she becomes a Senator. And and I we were talking to her about this and the pendulum and I see it with my nieces is swinging the other way. If yes. you want to be a rebel, be against the establishment, right? It's always been that's always been the way. Bernie Sanders was, you know, he was the ultimate hippie. He was against the man, you know, anybody over 30 and don't trust anybody over 30. Bernie Sanders now is the man. Right. So if you want to be um if you want to be a revolutionary, be against the man. So what do you do? You go out and you don't, you take in your own information. And that's what I see happening. I see these kids who don't, who see what's going on in school. They see the indoctrination. So what do they want to do? Well, I want to find something else. I want to, I want to go against the grain. And right. they're the ones who are branching out and seeking other sources that maybe their friends are not consuming. They're not being told about in school and they want to find something new. And that's where I think the pendulum starts to swing the other way. And you may see people who leave their safe space and start to consume media in, in other forms from different sources. And let's don't forget the people in our business, the people are never wrong. We're in the consumer business. That's the business that we're in. And in terms of our influence, right? So listen, you're a guest host on Fox News Talk. You have your own business with FDH Talk. And you're you're also this great guest on Sirius Patriot Channel. How do you and you do other stuff too? Oh How God. do you have time for it all? It's insane. Like some days I have nothing. And that's one thing that if you decide to, if you decide to pursue a career in this industry, being, you know, just a fill-in, being a fill-in. First right. of all, it's tough because it doesn't pay a whole lot. That's that's part of the part, the hard part of this is when you have a full-time gig, you know what your schedule is. When you are a fill-in, you don't know what your schedule is. So today I started out with um, filling in for Todd Starnes, noon to three. Four four thirty five. I had a hit on Newsmax TV, and then this tonight. There are some days where I, because I have my podcast on Thursday nights, I have sometimes a Newsmax hit Thursday afternoon, and then I'll have a TV, a radio show in the morning. Like there are just days that you just don't, you just run from one thing to the next to the next, but you get it all done, and it's your job. So what you do? 
Well, and it's exciting work because it is something different all the time. Tell us about the podcast. So I, I it's, it's I will tell you it, it's fairly new. We're uh, it's on YouTube and on Getter and mm-hmm. uh, um, oh god. I totally, I'm totally blanking on the guy who runs Getter. I'm just totally blanking on his name. Miller. Don't call him that guy. No, Miller. <laughs> his last name is Miller. And I have Steve Miller, the band, stuck in my head, and that's not him. Uh, and I feel terrible now because I've interviewed him several times. And and so he put me in the beta testing for live videos on Getter. Mm-hmm. And we will get, I'll get one night, 500 views on Getter live. And right. on YouTube, I'll get 19. Uh, you know, but then it grows on YouTube. So it's fairly new. It's, it's, it's more political talk. Uh, I have a friend who sometimes does it with me. Um, there's a couple different people who will sometimes do it with me. And it's, um, I try to do news that you haven't heard news. That's not really being reported, but I think is important. And starting in October, I think October 4th, whatever that Tuesday is, I will be launching another podcast that will be in the vein of the lifestyle show, the life with Mary Walter show. So we'll be launching a new podcast there because I, I think there's space for that show, for that type of format. I don't think that radio has to be political or sports. I think so, it is social. We, that we, show is social and yes. social is social. So mm-hmm. naturally, that might be a really good match. Yeah. So so I I, I have a passion for that show. Just because I just thought it, I always thought it had such possibilities and it was just, nobody ever wants to take a chance. And I get it. You're in management. You don't want to lose your job. So you don't want to take a chance. So you're going to go with the show that the guy across town has on. And, you know, if, if he's got Hannity, you're going to have rush that type of thing. Um, so I, I, I believe in it. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do another podcast and we're going to launch that. And I will tell you the Thursday night podcast is very, it's kind of rudimentary at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't have a producer. I don't have all these resources, but we have a good time on it and it's fun and it is slowly growing. And so we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there. And what's the name of the podcast? The podcast is Mary Walter Radio. Uh, You just go to YouTube and you look for Mary Walter Radio. There's a lot of uh, episodes that are up there already. It does air live 7.15 on Thursdays. And if you're on Getter, you just look for Mary Walter. And I actually got my name on on Getter, so I didn't have to add radio to the end of it. Nice, nice. And look, just for anybody who is listening to this that is thinking about these lanes, talk, or, or let's say doing fill-in work, or let's say trying to build a reputation, going to places and starting things on your own, showing what you can do, really important, correct? Absolutely. And and if I had to also say um, two things, you have made a point about, you know, advocating and, and contracts and that type of thing. If you are looking at a contract, it pays, spend the money and have someone look it over, whether it's a lawyer or an agent, you you're going to it's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks i get it but if if it could save you thousands then it's worth it exactly so right that that's the first thing and the second thing for the any women who want to go into media whether it's television or radio there's a great organization called the alliance for women in media and they are the ones who hand out the gracie awards and i sadly did not know that this organization even existed i didn't know about the gracies um, and that's how i found out about the organization until my agent said you have to enter the gracies i was like i don't even know what this is and and it opened it, it opened a lot of doors in the sense of i it's, it's an incredible community of women who, helping women and i i know awesome. guys that sounds sexist however radio is pretty much run by men for men that's exactly right and it's it's also run for men and most radio stations are almost always men on air uh you know women are in like the the midday spot or the weekend spot or the yeah the night spot and it's men in afternoon and morning drive and that's just the way it's historically been and i'm not trying to be like you know you know feminist and, and all that kind of stuff it's just the way the industry is and you have to accept that but the Alliance for Women in Media is a very useful organization for you. If you have questions, if you want guidance, I highly recommend you use them as a resource. And just to cover this, it's for women. So if you're a dude, you want, no, this is not right for you, right? It, well, unless you want to tell them you're a woman, I don't know how that rolls. You, you yeah, have to that's that a whole different deal for sure. <laughs> Listen, uh, let's talk about the future a little bit. 
uh, I always give our guest kind of a relief valve when I ask this question. So I'm going to go ahead and read the disclaimer first. While nobody, nobody can predict the future, I firmly believe this. Uh, many of us spend a lot of time thinking about it. We spend a lot of time reading about it. People pontificate about it. Uh, they think about radio's future and the future of all of us. What is your vision or what you think could develop for the future of local radio? Wow. I, I think it is because I think radio is really at a crossroads right now. Uh, you, we we went through the period in what, what was, I guess, the 80s when is when it really accelerated, when you had corporations start to buy up these local radio stations. And they gobbled them up and they homogenized them and they put lots of, uh, because, you know, they're, they're milk and the golden goose. And I don't know if that's a bad analogy, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they're milking something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they take the money out of it and, and they, they right. didn't hire good talent. The, good talent's expensive. So they got rid of them and they, they brought in lesser paid talent. And then they couldn't understand why their, their shows weren't doing as well. And we saw what they did and they, they gobbled it up. I don't know if that pendulum swings back the other way when these companies go bankrupt, right? We know, I think Odyssey is having a hard time right now. Uh, there, there's rumors about Odyssey. I know Cumulus had a hard time. Cumulus is kind of like, they're, they're, teetering on, they're, they're teetering there. I don't know where they're going to go. So if, if the failure of the big media companies, I think could be a blessing for radio. It could this, be. You know, I, I think we all know that uh, the debt service is a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, also, the the confidence of radio is not what some of us think it should be, because radio is an amazing medium. It is the local source for connectivity, for influence. And yet, we find ourselves in these conversations we're talking about how do we how do we become more like spotify or how do we become, it's like well you can't become those things your local radio radio gets its power from being local right yeah As, well absolutely it's, it's like cats saying boy how do we get to be cool like dogs what do we have to do to become a dog well you can't right the, you know, the cool cat goes, what are you talking about, man? We cats. Come on. Yeah, exactly. But but I think I, I do think that there is there's TV envy. Obviously, they want to be, you know, radio took over from te from television, took over from radio and kind of took the spotlight off radio. And now you have so many different platforms out there. You're going to see a winnowing of all the platforms. I think you see a winnowing of all of this. They, you can't have Truth Social and Getter and Twitter and me and all these things out there with only a handful of users. I think you see right. a lot of and this and look, winnowing they're, down. They're going to be winners, and radio has a large audience. Mm -hmm. Radio is a mature platform. Uh, it, so it starts now with uh, all the advantages, really. Uh, except sometimes creativity is not respected in the way that it really works well for radio. So, you know, when you talk about companies and will companies go bankrupt and all that, and of course I, I said earlier, nobody can predict the future. I don't believe that that necessarily will be the pivot, but I will say this, I do think people are recognizing that personalities are the driver of what happens between the records on a music station and they are your brand mm -hmm. in a talk scenario too and oh, yeah. the power of that is immense one thing and I'll, I'll just kind of equate it to this i just had a conversation with a young man who's 23 years old and you know what he thinks the coolest thing is vinyl vinyl yeah right he has a record player he's into sound he's a musician he thinks vinyl's the coolest thing ever and CDs. Oh, my dad's got this great CD collection. And so everything old is new again. And, and I think there are certain things people will always gravitate back to. Like you're never going to get rid of TV and everybody's going to watch TV on their phones. No, that's well, not enjoyable, right? Well, now, see, there's this other thing, too, and we'll end on this. I will just say that companionship doesn't get old. We, we may move further and further into technology, but this idea of having a local companion is 
unbelievable when done correctly. Thank you. And that is one of the things with radio that they have to learn is that they, they always, they're like, oh, listeners don't care about what you did this week. They don't care about this. They don't care about that. They do. And I'm yes, a firm believer. And I cannot tell you the number of program directors who I had tell me, nobody cares about what the purpose. Okay. Listen, my father-in-law knows what the different hosts did this weekend who work on QVC. Yeah. <laughs> you, you cannot tell me that listeners are not interested in what's happening with radio hosts. Of course they do. Exactly. Now, it's like any other personality. That's it. I want to thank you for joining us on the Encourage the Radio Rally podcast. You've been incredible. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And again, I'm so flattered when you asked me, I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. I can't believe you want to talk to me. Like, thank you so much. I, I really, truly am flattered. You're the best. Oh, you're so you're so kind. Listen, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me. It's real simple, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. We say this all the time at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you have any question about what I mean by that, please call me up sometimes. I'll be glad to share it with you. It is a purple passion of mine. Our thanks to Mary Walter for being being such a patient and giving guest, our very special thanks to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. And thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share our podcast, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in radio and audio. If you don't remember anything else you heard on this episode. Please never forget, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally and to be with us here at the Encouragers, which we always appreciate. And of course, I have to say this. Good night.